Hi, this is Ann Cavero with another episode of Speeding Past 80. This one is called Stained Glass Windows. During the weeks before Christmas, I like to open the treasure chest of my faith and admire some of the beautiful things inside. Stained glass windows are among the many things I view with a deep sense of gratitude. Stained glass has a long history. 3,000 years before Christ, Egyptians knew how to make beads of colored glass. By the time of Christ, the Romans had learned how to blow glass into containers and make it into transparent sheets. The oldest complete stained glass windows were those of Augsburg Cathedral in Germany, constructed in the late 11th century. In 1194, four of the stained glass windows in the Charter Cathedral survived a fire. Today, three of the four windows are now part of the west facade of the cathedral. By the 13th century in France, windows of stained glass had become the crowning glory of massive cathedrals. These windows came to be known as painting with light, yet these magnificent works of art had the humblest of beginnings as common grains of sand. It was only when fired to intense degrees that silica from the sand fused into the individual grains that made the unity of glass. I like to think about the ancient craftsmen who made those windows. I wonder if they went home to their cottages at night with their hands cut from their work. Did they eat plain bread while they talked to their children about what it meant to make stained glass windows? Did they ever imagine that over the next thousand years their work would survive plagues, wars, famines, and even fire? Simple folk who could not read learned the Word of God from pictures written in stained glass. Shepherds in fields, angels, a baby in a manger, Joseph and Mary with Jesus fleeing into Egypt, all lived in the light above ordinary people, hoping for extraordinary answers to humble prayers. In pews beneath windows of glory, peace came, hearts opened, and thoughts turned to heaven. Like Joseph's coat of many colors, stained glass sent thousands of heartfelt prayers to heaven wrapped in coats of glory. Certainly the presence of Christ does not require stained glass. These windows provide only a quiet symphony of light to the glory of Christ. Somehow, though, it seems to me, we lost something of value when we stopped using stained glass in holy places. Preserving this art reminds us of what Christ does in our lives. Like the master craftsman he is, Christ fits the cut and broken edges of our lives together until we are shaped into his design for us. When we rise in our places with the light of Christ shining through us, the common sand that we are becomes a magnificent work of art. I have something else today. Today I want to introduce you to Paula Chamberlain and her podcast, A Quilter's Life. Paula has a podcast where she writes about quilters who make the quilts. She says it's been said that every quilt has a story, and it's so true. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives. Paula writes, 
I thought I'd share this with you regarding the Chronicles of Narnia. My grandson lives in Texas. I'm in Ohio, so we don't see each other often. So I took an idea from my sister, and I call my grandson each week and read a chapter of a book. He reads well himself, but he still loves to be read too. We just finished reading the Chronicles of Narnia. I thought that was a nice note. And I think I like the idea of reading to grandchildren that you're far away from. I guess that could be done on an iPad, too. This week, I'd like to introduce you to two books by author Nancy Ellen Hurd, H-I-R-D. The books are I Get a Clue and We All Get a Clue. Both of these books are set in Scotland. Nancy said, my husband is a university professor retired in theater. For a number of years, he took his college students to the UK, where they saw theatrical productions, toured historic sites, and performed for two weeks at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I traveled with them on the second trip and other trips. On my first trip, my husband and I stayed in a bed and breakfast in the busy shop and restaurant-filled Morningside District. The house was a large Victorian at the end of a quiet street, and our room was at the top of the house. When I walked in the room, I fell in love with it. It was small, cozy, and its dormer window overlooked the street. I knew that a young girl would love it, too. In my imagination, I could see her at the window, hanging over the sill, observing the goings-on below, and trying to puzzle out what it all meant. Add in that the room is in a bed and breakfast where strangers come and go. The setting oozed with potential mystery. I decided the young girl could be an American, the fish-out-of-water element. Not knowing the customs, the money, the people, the city, would give my heron, Elizabeth Libby Carlson, more things to figure out and complicate her efforts to unravel the main mystery. But I also decided that because Libby is only 11 going on 12, I didn't want her to be totally alone. I gave her mentors, Gran and Aunt Susanna, who run the bed and breakfast. I also gave Libby other kids her age that both help and complicate her new life. I thought it would be fun to set the mystery in I Get a Clue Around a Bakery. It wasn't totally that bakery pastries in Edinburgh are scrumptious that influenced my decision. But it was definitely a factor. Kids, I thought, would enjoy reading about these mouth-watering delights. Also, I had worked in a bakery one summer years before to help pay for college. So, I was familiar with the workings of a bakery. I love doing research, which is fortunate, because in the second novel, we all get a clue. I had to dig in and do diligence, reading books on astronomy, antiques, women in science, French Revolution, Scottish history... I wondered if Nancy planned to write more Scottish adventures, and yes, she does. If you'd like a good mystery for a middle grade girl, I would recommend these books, and I hope we can do an in-person interview with the author after Christmas. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Speeding Past 80. Be sure to check out I Get a Clue and We All Get a Clue on Amazon.